Do you value failure? Yeah, yeah, you have to. <laughs> I mean, if you don't fail, you really don't learn. Nobody learns from winning, and I think Michael Jordan, you know, said that. I learned nothing from winning. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Lobster and Beer TV. I'm your host, Brian Thompson. Today is a very, very special day because we are on site here in Portland, Maine, the home of lobster and beer that we have on every show. And today we are sitting with the man behind the lobster rolls we share with on every episode. He is a family man. He is an entrepreneur. He's one of the greatest people I've met in my life, one of my biggest mentors, ladies and gentlemen from Get Main Lobster, coming to us with a lobster and a beer, Mark Morell. What's up, brother? Thanks, man. It's good to have you here. It's great being here. Good man. minute. Yeah, and this is, you can't beat this, man, in Maine woods. We lucked out, too. The weather is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. Let's kick it off right, man. Why not? Pack them up, baby. Big Al? Yards. Check out this, uh, Good call too, summer. You, right, summer ale. Oh, yeah, I trade those around. Trade. trade. Summer ale. Trade. Is a the lobster on the label? I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Little anchor tattoo. That's I've never perfect. seen a lobster with a tattoo. I've never, I've seen, never seen that either. That's pretty badass. It is fitting for you though. Did we get producer Matt one? Yeah. They make posters too that are pretty cool. Do they? They have great. Posters. They have great graphics. They do a great job with their graphics yeah. and their and their marketing and stuff yeah. on these products. Mm -hmm. Cheers! Well, Cheers, Marky Mark, Shipyard. Cheers, producer Matt, everyone at home. Mm. It's a summer ale. It's a great tasting beer. Yeah, it's perfect for this weather too. Yeah, they're killing it. It's a great way to kick off, you know, getting warmer out. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, you know, sitting at the beach, embracing the ocean. Yeah, so you have a little lobster on Getting ready to get eaten. <laughs> Give it to him. <laughs> yeah. All right, Marky Mark, take us through the lobster roll that looks ridiculously good sitting in front of us. So this one's fun. I went non-traditional. So when I have, this is how I like to enjoy my lobster roll at home. So um, started with a brioche roll, right? Uh, it's a little more buttery and softer than... A regular roll, yet it can has the capacity to hold the lobster well without tearing apart. Yeah. And then I'm a big brown butter and tarragon mm. with some really good salt. Yeah. And brown butter, just the butter gets you know sweet anyway, but it gets a little bit sweeter. Takes a little bit longer of a process. Yeah. Tarragon goes great with lobster. It's it's a delicious roll. So I think we should take Let's a dig in. Let's do it. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Mmm. Mm. I put a little bit of shallot in there. You'll taste that for texture and a little bit of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. You already picked your favorite roll of the season, so I'm claiming this is my favorite <laughs> roll this I think I've picked three favorite rolls this season already. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's incredible, man. Oh. Mm. Just the tarragon in there. That is fantastic. And you don't need a lot. Tarragon's strong, but... Yeah. If you want to do something with lobster and you're tired of the normal, mm -hmm. you know, some tarragon, take it to a different level. A little bit of, even on some rice, risotto. Mm -hmm. Love it. That fresh lobster we picked up from the docks. This today. morning, yeah. Too yeah. good. Fresh from the boat, from the dock. <laughs> right. Straight to your doorstep, baby. We caught That's lobsters this it. morning. Yeah, we caught some lobsters on the boat this morning. Man, that was such a cool experience. Thank you for taking us out. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I try to go out as often as I can. Yeah. How many times do you think you get out in a year? Or so? or Not as often as I'd like, but probably <clears throat> four times and a year. When you're out there, are you look? Are you, you know, what are you? What are you doing? Anything specific? Are you, you know? Often it's for uh, either the media, or you know, we have customers all over the country. If they come visit, I'm like, please let me know. I will get you out on the boat. So, because I think everybody that has lobster delivered to their house should have the boat experience and learn about 
the industry and that's a big thing that i'm a an advocate for is people really understanding how sustainable yeah the main lobster and fishing industry is absolutely and i, I want to dive into that in a little bit but first off take us back you know what was your first experience as a child eating lobster um so i didn't i moved to maine when i was six so i hadn't had lobster until then and there's a picture and we came we're my brother and i were born in florida and uh, there's a picture of me i think in cape cod wearing a tampa bay bucks uh, sweatshirt in front of some old wooden lobster traps so i think i think that's my that's my you know my first memory of it yeah but uh, to be honest growing up i actually did not eat a lot of lobster i had a very basic palate you know yes hot dogs and you know, and that has changed over the chips. years now i'm assuming <laughs> yeah yeah now my palate has expanded a lot then of course when i started a lobster company you know, it was kind of imperative, but um, <clears throat> I like to experiment in the kitchen and do fun things with lobster, so. Yeah, and this year is the 11th anniversary of the company? 11. Yeah. Yeah. It's big time, man. Yeah, we made it through uh, the pandemic. I mean, it still exists, but I think normal life is pretty much here, right? Yeah, it was nice walking around Portland the past couple of days and seeing people. Seeing out. people. Yeah, obviously I know I was talking to Bruce over at Shipyard. He was telling me, unfortunately, like a lot of businesses, a lot of restaurants especially closed down here. Um, but it's, it's, it's good tough. to see the ones that have been able to keep their doors open. They're, they're starting to fill up and have capacity, which is which is nice. And it's just too beautiful in Old Port not to be able to walk around there in this weather. Yeah, the cool thing is, is um, you know, that's awful, right? You say, you say you had a business for 15 years and, and you can't do it. But a lot of people were falling in love with Maine because last year, you know driving distance right everybody's driving so you know six to eight hours right we got people six to eight hours away coming in and fall in love with it and they're like all right well i can start a business so one falls one grows and um you know that's that's nature the cycle of life the cycle of life yeah absolutely um so it'll be interesting to see like i'm interested in a year from now what everything looks like yeah you know and what came up and you know what's still away and but yeah, it was it was weird last year, because Portland typically in the summer I try to stay away. Um, <clears throat> but last year we got to enjoy Maine like we never have before. Yeah, which was neat. Like we were going to hotels in Maine and taking long weekends in Maine. We never do that. Yeah, we, we always just we go to Puerto Rico or California or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, hey, you always leave. You never actually take the time to experience what's, yeah. a, what's around you, and there is always so yeah. much. Yeah, you just Absolutely. take it for granted. You know, it's yeah. just around. And we found a couple of places that we love. You know, that we went to on multiple occasions. So that was, you know, that was one bright, <laughs> bright yeah. spot of of the pandemic. Yeah, there were a couple of silver lining things in in there for all. Yeah, of us, I, think. I hope there always is. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, eleven years ago. You just took a picture of a lobster, put it online, and you were like, let's start a business? Much, yeah. <laughs> just, nah, just pressed a button. Pressed a button, all of a sudden, orders were coming in. Yeah. yeah. Now, how, uh, how, did, how did the idea, how were you inspired to yeah. start this? It's actually an interesting story, because I was not living here at the time. I was living in Chicago, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, <clears throat> I was a consultant, and... I was actually back, the school you went to, even though I had moved away, asked me to help out. So I was helping out high school. And then my favorite uh, fish shack was uh, uh, the Gilmore Brothers, right? So I go to Gilmore's, you know, to get a lobster roll and a crab cake. And um, he's like, hey, I, I want to sell lobster online. And uh, he knew that I was an online guy. And, and I said, well... Let me make sure that's a good idea. I don't want you to get into something that, yeah. you know, you get in overhead. So I did the research, right? And the big thing, whenever you're looking for, um, you know, uh, a business is, you know, market expansion. And then is there demand for it? Mm -hmm. So both of those existed. I didn't see a ton of competition, a couple really good players out there, but only a couple, right? And there's plenty of demand. Um, so I said, you should do it. Um, this is how you do it. And I really want you to understand that this is not like running your fish shack, right? When you are selling somebody a live lobster that is in California from a, through a computer, <laughs> there's a lot of things you got to consider, right? And if it's delayed, they are going to freak out. And it's going to be for a special event. And you got to have customer service in place, right, to show empathy every time there's an issue. 
And uh, I think that, you know, he wasn't too fond of that idea. He thought that that was a little bit much uh, for him. And uh, so right then and there, I said, well, I'm going to do it and you can fulfill my orders. <laughs> and uh, we launched about four months later. And um, it was just me and he fulfilled my orders. Yeah. And I still had my other business. I still... And so what did you do? So you were already in the internet world prior to that, and that was your specialty. How did you get into that? What were you doing before that kind of? Um, <clears throat> so how I got into the growing up, I was on the internet in the 80s. Early. Yeah. It, so my dad was a big computer geek. So I had computers all my life, and then the internet came, I got access to internet. And folks, you know, that's, that's my dog Chevy. He wants to play... Maybe we'll see. He also saw you cooking the lobster roll. Right. <laughs> I fed him, though. You did I, give him some? Okay, I was going to ask. Yeah. I always, what a lucky dog. And talk about yeah. than I do normally. He put the, he put I, the, always, I always hook him up. Yeah, get him out here. Get out here, bud. Come meet everybody, Chevy. Oh, Good boy. Dodging the wires. No, he, he, he looked out when, when you put the plates down. I saw his head turn like this. Yeah. What's, What's up, Dad? Dad? Yeah. Yeah. So, then... In the early nine mid mid nineties, the internet really started going, and I was in a coffee shop in Portland, right not too around the corner from where uh, you guys stayed the other night, mm -hmm. and um, reading this article, I was like, you know what? I've been on the internet for like six years now. It really seems like it's going to start taking off. There was browsers at this point and everything, right? So, so I finished my coffee, finished the article. I walked down the street. I see a uh, storefront web shop. And it was called uh, tri it was called uh, Tricycle Media, mm -hmm. and I walk in and I said, uh, "I'll work for free, uh, but I want a key and I want to know everything that you know." And um, she said yes, um, and I worked there for a year, just soaked it all in, learned everything I could, uh, started a business a year after, and. Uh, the rest was history. I failed many, many times. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So when, when you started getting lobster, failed. Yeah, fail. Yeah, I started a dating site. No way. Yeah, <laughs> really? Started a dating site. Failed. Starting a wedding planning site. Was very close to getting some media. Failed. And then I started a site for artists where they could uh, low cost way to have like your band or your art or whatever uh, on the internet. So I would buy domains, put content up there. And then allow, and I would host their information for them. How many domains would you say you own right now? <laughs> uh, three hundred plus, <sighs> probably. Could, it's like the business right there. If you can, you just start doing that. You just sell those. Too. Yeah. When did yeah. you When did you start buying domains? I've gotten offers for some. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, um, when did I start buying them? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's an addiction. So <laughs> it's been a while. Probably 10, 12, 15 years. Some of them, when I go through the list every now and then, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll do that someday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's I'll like, buy a domain and then figure out. It's almost like that's an investment strategy for you, though, too. It's like, Could be. It's like you're investing in that, you know, instead yeah. of putting your money into some other things, you put, you know, whatever, the, so how much it costs to yeah. buy the domain, and then you sit on them, and you never know when one's going to pop. Yeah, totally. There's a funny story where um, Dropbox, right? They wanted Box.com, which I think they ended up getting. They ended up buying it for cash, but they offered the guy equity. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I think he got like 300 grand instead of he probably would have gotten 3 million or something. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah, that yeah. stuff's crazy. And I offered that to somebody who wanted one of our domains, and I said, I don't want any money, but I want equity. Yeah. And I only want 2%. Mm -hmm. They did it? No. No. I said no. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So I mean, the the birth of lobster and beer came yeah. from the idea of us sitting down and sharing this experience with people. Yeah. But we didn't have the beer side of it until you were like, "Yo, I got this domain, lobsterandbeer.com." Yeah. And it kind of all clicked, and it made so much sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I mean, lobster and beer. It just makes sense. I don't know if you'll find anybody. Well, I guess if you. You found a sober vegan, right? I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't make sense, but you know it's a small population. Yeah, shout out sober vegans though. We love, support love, you. Yeah. We love, love you. I try to eat more plants than I do anything else. Absolutely, I'm the same. So I've been I've been vegetarian for almost three years now. Nice. Um, but I guess the the way of saying it is pescatarian. Yeah. And then uh, when I started dating my girlfriend last year, she's vegan. Yep. And so I started to go down the vegan road, but the only reason I've stayed up with 
putting butter on you know bread and stuff like that is so I can eat the lobster. I can't give up lobster. One, I, the, I love the taste. It's you guys have the freshest meat in the industry. But three, the the biggest thing that you know I was concerned about, but I learned about today was the sustainability with the lobster. Yeah, and it's incredible. One, the community here in Maine, the lobstermen. It seems like everyone knows each other and everyone has a respect for the art of lobstering. Any boat you go on, they're all gonna tout because they created a lot of the practices, right? So yeah. they're super proud of it. And that's why Maine has a solid brand globally, you know? So you could say, hey, yeah, I've got North, you'll hear commercials and say, guaranteed to be North Atlantic. All right, that's because it's not Maine. That's, that's a big, that's a big area, right, right? There. There's nothing wrong with North Atlantic lobster, but when you're buying Maine lobster, you're buying more than just an awesome lobster because you can get a good lobster in Canada. <laughs> they probably migrated from Portland yeah. all the way to Nova Scotia, vice versa. They have a U.S. passport. <laughs> they do. Well, they have both. They're dual citizens. Uh, dual citizens. Lucky. Yeah. Um, so, but it's the. Um, it's the way of life. It's the taking responsibility from Mother Earth and, and really wanting to be long-lasting, right? Yeah. So, and anybody, any boat you go on, let's say next year we go on a boat and then take a different guy, gonna tout, or, or woman, gonna tout it. Yeah. You know, they're gonna go... And he was so passionate about the overall, like I said, like yeah. conservation. Like that was his that he that was his most passionate thing. I feel like, which is again, respect the most respectable thing you can do for Mother Earth and making sure that we have lobster around forever. Yeah, and did did he mention that actually catching lobsters in traps? I feel like at one point on the boat today, mm -hmm. he mentioned that lobsters actually being caught in traps helps grow the population. He mentioned something like that. Is that you stumped me on that it one? Feeds them. Yeah, because oh, well, you're right. Because the smaller ones can get out. They of have those seven. They have they have, they have six years of eating bait, free bait. They, free bait. Free. they feed them for yeah. free. for six years, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because he said it takes about seven years, I think, for them to go to. Yeah, maturity. it's a rough life for a lobster. <laughs> they shed their shell every year, right? So they go without protection for a moment. Now, everybody, you swam in the ocean. So you know what it's like when you catch yeah. a wave and it tumbles you? Oh, yeah. Imagine being a lobster without a shell. Being that vulnerable. Protection. Yeah. You know? Sounds like motion sickness, too. And they survive that, you know? And, well, a small percent survive that. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, a lobster female will, you know, lay 40,000 eggs. Well, a low percent of that are actually going to make it. And then a low percent of that are going to make it to our eligible years, which is six or seven years. Yeah. You know, one pound, 0.9. So that is the prime range, six and seven years. That's like, yeah, the best that's time how it to takes to get to the legal. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So nothing under 0.9, nothing over four. Um, what do you prefer to eat? What size? I like the small ones. The biggest one I will bring home personally would be a one and a half, but I prefer what we call chicks, which are 0.9 to 1.1. Yeah. Why? Um, smaller, sweeter. Uh, yeah, just sweeter, more tender. Okay. It's younger. Think of, uh, you know, like old um, uh, hanger steak from a cow that's like 40, you know, compared to veal. Yeah. And, or a beautiful filet compared to chuck. You yeah. Know, things like that. So uh, it's just a different. I've been out of the game for three years, but I think I kind of yeah. remember what I was I can tell you it's good. <laughs> yeah. The veal is good at least. <laughs> yeah. Not like the lobster, though. What's up, guys? As always, thank you for watching. I promise we will get back to the episode right away. But I want to let you know about something special that we are doing. Here at LMB, mental health is very important to us. So we have collaborated with today's guest to create a t-shirt based around subjects that we've talked about in today's episode and stuff that means a lot in their lives. And we put it into the t-shirt in a design and we're selling it right here at this link. If you go to this link, you buy the t-shirt, 100% of the profits for the next month will go to a mental health organization. So right here, this link, go get that t-shirt. Now back to the episode. So you mentioned that when you started the company, the, the first year, were you, were you still in the red and, and you hit some roadblocks? So, um, no, the first, well, no, the first, we, we've had a lot of ebbs and flows. I had no idea what was going to happen, which is why I did not, I kept the other business for two years you know yeah. and um 
we latched on to um, I bootstrapped it so I didn't have any money to really invest in marketing or anything so I latched on to Groupon they were right down the street oh yeah you know and I just I gave them a call and said I've got lobster and they said oh my god so we actually kind of partnered in a way yeah um, because they said how do you work and I go here's my margins you know how do we in invite the public to this experience and I didn't know what people were going to want, right? Yeah. So I put together a pack, and then things evolved from there. We just we listen and iterate, you know. So we've changed, you know, multiple times. What was the first iteration of? It was uh, we just called it the, um, you know, main lobster dinner for four. It was something super duper simple, and it was four crab cakes, four pounds of mussels, and four lobsters, mm -hmm. and that was our hero. You still do that today? We don't sell that one today. Mm -hmm. We sell iterations of it, mm -hmm. but um, no, we don't sell that. Every now and then, like probably every other year, we'll bring it back, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, when the lobster price goes down so that we can give them a really good deal on it. But, uh, you know, typically we just keep that one away. Well, we shift, we love shipping live lobsters. You know, it also makes us, you know, nervous. We're very good at it mm -hmm. and have a high success rate. Uh, however, it, people really love lobster meat and lobster tails. So why don't we focus our attention on telling people about those products, you know? And, yeah. and so we shifted away from promoting live lobster shipping because, one, everybody's ordering online even before last year right so you know there's a chance that the order will spend an extra day in transit if it's live lobster it might it might be all right there's a pretty good chance it's not going to be all right so just imagine what it feels like when it's granddad's 80th birthday party yeah. and he wanted lobsters and it's a day late and they all passed in transit what a waste yeah you know so um I'm sure you've had a lot of those. Yeah, experiences. a lot. How do you how do you deal with them? Uh, just empathy. You know, we say, "Yep, I am just as mad as you are." You know, all my intention when I was packing this box, I was just dreaming about how awesome it was going to be for you and your family. Yeah. And then something got in the way, and that was out of our control. And we just try to make it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we have to partner with companies like UPS and FedEx and, you know, whomever else. We just have to, you know. Yeah. And, um, and they, you know, they all work very, very hard. Um, so we all do our best. and Sometimes we make mistakes. Yeah. Oh, and it's just empathy, that's all. You know, we've all been there. Totally. I've had stuff not arrive. Has COVID altered, again, really altered the shipping process, kind of, and how you guys have had to kind of go about things? We had to make a couple of shifts because of COVID. One, we, you know, we ran out of physical capacity. Um, two, logistically, we had to add forklifts and trucks and things like that, right? Just so that we could maneuver quicker and, and think differently because we were going from, you know, say 50 boxes a day to 500. So things are different when, when that happens. Um, so we had to move our frozen to a whole other location. Uh, Shipping-wise, um, yes, we would prepare for two days in transit. We would promote less, even less than we do, you know, the live lobster thing. Um, and we would, we turned off Saturday arrival, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it doesn't land Saturday, it doesn't get there Sunday. Yeah. So we would turn that off for a while. Connecticut was really backed up for a month. We didn't ship to Connecticut for a month. Just random things like that. Super agile, you know, kind of approach. Like, hey, we're seeing this pattern. We want success. We want success for them. Everybody's freaking out. So let's just do what we can do to set everything up for success. And that's just was our attitude on a daily basis. You know, just had to adjust. I love that. I've heard in the past you say before too, you don't necessarily consider, although you are an entrepreneur, you don't necessarily consider yourself an entrepreneur, you consider yourself a storyteller. Um, how has that played a role in, in Get Main Lobster and, and growing the company? Um, so, you know, a lot of like subscribers get it, 
you know, I write, uh, I don't write a lot of the emails anymore. Uh, I do on the weekends. Um, um, you know, they can, they can feel it and see it and, and how I present, uh, whether it be a recipe or an idea or even sharing like my own stuff. You know, for example, one of our most sex successful campaigns was sexy or successful. It was actually sexy too. And successful. Yeah. Was when I ran a half marathon, right? Now yeah. I'm not a small person. So, um, I knew that would be uh, an impactful story. Yeah. And, um, so I would write about that or, you know, when my nieces graduated, you know, high school and college, I would, you know, I would just write about, I would write about that stuff and I yeah. would share it. So a storyteller wants to tell stories. So when you are telling stories to the people you serve, uh, you create more intimacy between you instead of it being a transaction of, uh, money and service, yeah. it then becomes a relationship. You know, and I think that's the difference. And that's why my title is Chief Curator and not CEO. I love that. You know, totally. so when I, I sign, you know, paperwork, yeah, I've got to write president or COO or whatever, but CEO. Uh, but, you know, if you look at my, and I send you an email, it says Chief Curator. And that's kind of, because that's all I think of. Yeah. You know, it's like, how can I, for example, because we're growing and whatnot, I want to have more success. I want to keep the box. Um, you know, I look at everything as a box, right? Because we put the product in the box. So I want to give the box the most success. So we're going to have to uh, diversify our fulfillment, right? So that we have, say, we, say we're at 98%, you know, delivery rate. You know, we can get to 99.5, yeah. you know, if we redistribute our fulfillment. So, you know, what if we get our... In Maine, we get our stuff ready and we send it to California and let California fulfill it for us for the West Coast. It doesn't have to get on a plane. A plane is our biggest enemy. It's also our best friend, but it can be our biggest enemy. I'm sure. You know, four tires are optimal. But if I got to get to California today, I can't get there on four tires. I have to use a plane. Yeah. What, how has, um, over the years, distribution changed for you? Did you switch company? Have you been with one company from the beginning? Or have you had to pivot? No, I've gone back and forth. I started with UPS. Then I went to FedEx for a few years. And then I went back to UPS. Uh, and now I'm back with FedEx. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's all, you know, both of them uh, work hard for you. You know, I think for other customers. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's an event uh, that inspires my decision. Um, sometimes it's just somebody made me an offer I can't refuse. Um, you know, we're attractive because we ship a lot of those boxes. Yeah. And we ship everything overnight. So that's another reason why it's attractive. Uh, but now because of COVID, we not may not be as attractive. Maybe grounders are more attractive. Those that never get on a plane. Um and we're food, right? So we get really upset. We're not a good customer, you know. And if I was to, you know, have my FedEx rep here or my U my old UPS rep here, you know, I could show you the threats, you know. And I'm not a good customer because I have high, high expectations. Yeah. Because I know it's going to occur because it's, it's not devastating, but sometimes it is. I mean, it's, I mean, what if it's Christmas Eve, right? And I'm sending you Feast of the Seven Fishes. And your whole family's there. And Aunt yeah. Edna, that you haven't seen in 13 years, right? Because you guys just reconciled, you know, and you were excited to do something unforgettable for her. And it didn't arrive. And that's a, that was one of my big questions for you, too. I'm getting to know you over the years. You're an extremely empathetic person. Does that get in the way for you sometimes with this business? It, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, I can imagine. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's very expensive, but I, I think it's actually an investment um, because people see that uh, we get ROI on, we make it right. So we went uninsured for a while on our, on our boxes because, you know, it got to the point where it was too much of a liability for UPS or FedEx to say, yeah, we'll, we'll cover things. But think about, they had, it's called peak December, mm -hmm. they had peak volume in April, right? <laughs> so, but they don't have the labor yeah. of December yeah. in April. They're not prepared. Oh, yeah. Right? But they pulled, you know, they pulled it off for the most part. They struggled madly, right? And the, you know, the success rate just, you know, kept going down. Yeah. Um, 
but you know you just people wanted it you know we had we just kept doing um so but i think you get a return you know uh because we'll get more repeat orders um and i obviously don't know anybody else's data but yeah. uh, we are if you were to go out and look on facebook or whatever you know we're the highest rated um lobster delivery company yeah. so and we you know we work very hard at that you know we have more customer service people than we need you know and we have somebody that works overnight you think you'll be doing this for for years to come years to come yeah. you know i don't know it depends i mean december's rough <laughs> he's already got that marked up well no i no but i asked that though like is there you know you started you try i to think so it depends i got to get some things in place yeah you know i got to get some things in place um it just seems like you 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 were talking about the different companies that you know you you tried to launch the dating site and all those and and you landed on this one it's going great but i'm sure being someone like you who has that hunger and the the you know the the want to tell these stories yeah i'm sure there's some other stuff cooking for you outside yeah. of the lobster business that yeah. you're really interested oh in yeah lots of stuff jumping into million things yeah yeah million things um you know with this this particular business you know <clears throat> sometimes i want to be out of it sometimes i'm madly in love with it yeah you know that's the relationship um I still have I still have some things to do, you know, with this particular business. Yeah. You know, one thing I you know I I, I would like to have, um, because now we have a, two physical locations, twenty employees, right? And this all happened very very fast. Yeah. You know, I acquired um, you know a company last year that was like us, and um, combined those two, and then COVID hit. And I didn't even get a minute Good. to like transition. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now I have a minute. So I'm starting to do that. And so uh, uh, I'm really keeping my head down to what are the pieces that we need to make it so we are just in love every day, you know, yeah. and just just loving it. You know? Do you have family working with you? My brother works works with me, yes. Awesome. And then my nieces worked with me a little bit. My daughter came in and um you know heidi she works for me because she puts up with me <laughs> that's the biggest so, thing right there <laughs> yeah. sometimes she doesn't right because i can get obsessed yeah older or younger brother older older by how much three and a half three and a half you guys get along when you were younger no he used to beat me up did he really yeah pretty good too shit really yeah well, i got a fun one funny story yeah uh, he punched me in the face, my nose, you know, blood just went, right? Yeah. So our parents weren't home. Back then, you didn't have a babysitter, right? You know, it was... Yeah. Um, so uh, I locked him out of the house. Like, he went out, and then he went outside or something. Yeah. So I locked him out of the house, and, you know, you didn't have cell phones back then. So I screamed out the window, I'm not washing my face, and you can't come in. And so then he threatened me, yeah. and I cried, washed my face, and unlocked the door. <laughs> you know. But uh, he also loved me very much and protected me, too. He did? So you guys, like, back and forth yeah. over the years, and obviously I'm guessing you're pretty tight now working together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's fun. It's good to have them there, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's family. Yeah. I, I mean, I have the older brothers. I was a piece of shit growing up, so... I deserved every, <laughs> I ne they never really beat me up. There was one moment when I, uh, my brothers tell this all the time. I was five years old. We were living in Gibraltar, southern tip of Spain. Went there for two years. My dad helped start. Back in the day, Verizon was called uh, 9X. And so my dad helped start Jib 9X. And so we, we went over there. You were in Spain. Yeah. For two years? Two years. Yeah, you were five. So Gibraltar, though, is the southern tip of Spain. It's actually an English colony. So I had, at five years old, now I'll, well actually we should pull them up for the show sometime. Uh, I have videos as a kid with an English accent. So I'd walk really? up to, yeah, yeah, I'd walk up to people and be like, oh, happy Boxing Day. And the, the accent was a lot better Top than that. Top of the morning <laughs> to you. 
Yeah, seriously, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you, you picked up a yeah. full English accent. Oh, absolutely, years. yeah. You're five, though. That's when you're a sponge. Yeah. That's when you're really learning. Exactly. That's the, the mind yeah. is the ultimate sponge, then. You can learn, teach anybody anything it's at true. that. It's true. No, it's true. Yeah, no, and I, luckily, I don't Can we bring it back? I think you know, everybody would enjoy listening a lot more. I, d- I would agree. I would agree. Seriously. So my dad, if he was coming up right now with his skills on capturing moments, he had an old school video camera. And I have actually, I, they trusted me with giving me the two suitcases of tapes that we have from kids. But my dad captured every moment, narrating every moment. He would be a TikTok star right now. He still actually might be. His karaoke game is on another level. We're actually going to show a, a clip of him singing right here just so you guys know. <laughs> and he, he sang for Scott, too. <laughs> but no, um, so he, uh, he always had a video camera. So then my, my brother Scott, uh, he's the second oldest. He's eight years older than me. And then JT is 10 years older than me. Uh, Scotty was filming us and uh, he gave the camera to JT and JT, uh, Scotty started pushing me around and I just crouched down and I jumped up and I gave him a huge uppercut to the nose. Five years old. Scott, he was 13. Scott stepped back on camera. He's just, he's blown away that I just put him in his place. And JT was like, he never messed with you after that again in your life. I mean, still bullies me today <laughs> in a loving way. It didn't work for me. It didn't? No. No, that didn't work for me either. My, me and my older brother, you see, I was at least bigger than yeah. my older brother was for the most <laughs> of the part. Yeah. So he tried to beat up on me, and then usually I could turn it around. <laughs> but he's had one where he punched me, broke his whole hand punching me in the back. <laughs> ah, nice. Mother was not happy about that. Let's say that is for sure. <laughs> you learned his lesson? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, maybe. Actually, no, that was the last time I'm pretty sure we ever, got in, a, we ever yeah. got in a fist fight. Right? Or yeah. It wasn't even a fist fight. It was him. Yeah. hitting me in the back <laughs> or something yeah. that's the power of family though man it's you know as i've grown up i've you know i've had friends that you know our relationships have fallen off for this that and the other reason but you know my brothers have been through a bunch of different shit together and we've yeah. you know, we've hit some really rocky points but at the end of the day they're my brothers and we love each other and we're, we're there for each other we could get in the argument and the fight and then 20 minutes later, it's like, hey, man, I'm, what, what do you need? I'm here for you. 100%. And that's, that's the importance of family. And we, we harp on that a lot on the show because this has been a family for me. And in the music business, it's a very cutthroat business. And through the years, I've, you know, been in situations where I thought, you know, I was in a great, at a great label or working with great management. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a money game sometimes. And it's cutthroat. And that's the one thing I've loved about your business. Sometimes. All the time. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't. It does not have to be. And that's what I think you guys, you have done so well with the company. And what's been so inspiring to me to, to see that from afar as a friend throughout the years is I've just, I've never seen you. And I told the guy, and they told me earlier today, they're like, he's just a big teddy bear, man. <laughs> like, and I honestly think if I brought you into a room of strangers, they wouldn't sit there and be like, this dude owns a very successful company and he's killing it and and not i guess that says something about your character (laughs) no no, but there's you know you know there's living in la for a while there's an ego with business folk that's that's very prevalent there and i don't mean to you know it's i don't mean to uh put that on everyone but you see it and everyone's very cutthroat everyone wants to say hey 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 i'm successful look at my numbers all this and then you come to maine and it's just it's it's different. It's much different. Some juicy stuff you're hearing, I know, and we'll get right back to it. But I want to let you guys know, he's laughing, but I want to let you guys know, we have a Patreon, and if you want to see more juicy stuff, more footage that is not in this episode, if you hit this link right here, you can go to the Patreon, you can see that stuff. We have exclusive giveaways from Get Main Lobster, Shipyard Beer. You can see everything that you cannot see in this episode that we're actually not allowed to load up on YouTube. If you click this link right here, join our group, you're going to get special offers, hangouts with us in the LMB studio, have a beer with us. You can even join our weekly Zoom calls where we edit these episodes. So once again, this Patreon right here. Now, back to the episode. Well, going back to what you said too on that and the empathy and stuff, and it's like, again, losing a little bit of money in the long run to make sure every single customer is satisfied and is going to come back. And like I said, for me personally, if if that happens and I get them, so they mess something up for me, but then I get great customer service and they, yeah. they hit it, 
there's no doubt that I'm a life, I'm for life with them. I think that is, Absolutely. and like I said, so to people nowadays, so many companies put their, the bottom, their, their bottom line to, as number one, you know, they don't care all about money. They don't care about the customers. Yeah. So I think that's something that's lost nowadays, but every single person appreciates that. Yeah. And there's no doubt about it. Yeah. It is an investment. It comes back, you know, you have to trust it and it's hard to see. But, well, actually, the data tells you, right? Because, you know, suddenly when you look at your customer base and you're like one-timers to five-timers, right? And your, your five-timer is increasing over time. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's a good thing. So you're doing something right. Getting somebody to spend a couple hundred bucks five times is not easy, right? And even for, you know, um, the affluent, um, you know, there's, it's 200 bucks for dinner, right? It's not cheap. No. Um, but it's an awesome experience. That's the thing. And yeah, it's, it's worth experience. it. experience. You yeah. know. So some of them are, you know, we've got people in the 20s. You know, 20 times they've ordered. Wow. Yeah, actually, we've got people way more than that. We've got people that wow. order every month and been with us for five, six years. It's know? incredible. Yeah. yeah. It just shows, again, the, the, what you've strived to do through your storytelling things to develop a community. And yeah. not just a business, but a whole community of people where everybody feels connected and involved in it, yeah. essentially. Family. I have a question. Do you value failure? Yeah. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> I mean, if you don't fail, you really don't learn. Nobody learns from winning. And I think Michael Jordan, you know, said that. I learned nothing from winning. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we had, we had a, a, an amazing 2021. We had a really rough Q1 of 2020. Of, we had an amazing 2020, a really rough 2021 Q1. Yeah. Because of weather ran out of product you know that's right yeah you told me yeah. you guys ran out of it was super property. super difficult right so you know we had this amazing year right and then q1 2021 you lose a lot of money and you're like god dang it <laughs> and then you gotta wait I mean, it's out of your control so i don't think that's a failure but it feels like a failure but the most important thing is it's a learning right you're like, yeah. okay, so what do I do now? I don't have lobster rolls. There was a time where I wasn't selling lobster rolls. That's our number one thing. And I wasn't selling them for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? So think about that. You got 20 employees. You have two facilities. And your hero products don't yeah. exist. So then we're just inventing stuff. What would you do? We invented stuff. Well, we had to pull back, right? We had to pull back. Hey, hey, he's, he's, he's going for the lobster roll. How you guys do his ass? That's great. <laughs> bad boy. That was awesome. <laughs> you see that? He, saw, he, he, saw, he was looking at me while I was just finishing mine, and he said, I, I, I Don't need it. Don't tell mama. I, I need it. Don't tell mama. That was awesome. So immediately started putting together, like, bundle packs with other proteins. Mm -hmm. Um we still had scallops, and our scallops are amazing. Yeah. We took our lobster roll kit, and we said, all right, what can we do? And I said, why don't we do the queen pack, and we use our small lobster tails, and we do a video and show them, hey, cook them up, chop them up, mix them up, boom. You just have, you have not a lobster roll, you got a queen roll, right? You just upscaled yeah. it. So that had a really slow start. You invested you know time in making a really thoughtful video it didn't connect right they were looking for i want it to be as easy as you did it before mark mm -hmm. and while well, i'm saying i can't yeah. here's my alternative boy <laughs> he's going for yeah, it man you see him slow that's he's, how good it is he's, he's making his he's circling the table he's gonna come back around he now. never does that hey, listen, I, he, like i said showing I, off <laughs> he knows you're distracted right now, so, or he's just trying to get so out it just it just now really started to take you know and with you having to branch out into some of those other things is that now opening up to be like oh well this is something though that we should also carry on in the future once we have yeah. everything back yeah yeah um, not in 2021, mm. but in 2022 for sure, right? So we've been, you know, lucky enough to build a, you know, a customer base that's quite substantial. So, you know, why not introduce um, new ideas and new products to them? There's a couple of things we're working on. One is our mac and cheese, our lobster mac and cheese is incredible. And 
we have a Cajun shrimp bowl that is amazing, right? Yeah. So we've got to start promote the mac and cheese sells itself. Cajun shrimp takes a little bit of effort, but it's really awesome. We have a lobster scampi. We want to come out with some other ready to heat stuff. Yeah. It's really awesome. So you know, some healthy stuff and then just some, hey, I just want some wholesome. I mean, lobster mac and cheese, man. I mean, I'm a huge mac and cheese fan. It's really, Sorry, really good. The lobster in there. Yeah. What kind of meat do you use in the lobster mac and cheese? Uh, CK, so claw knuckle. Okay. Yeah. So tail meat, I, pr I prefer claw knuckle. I don't eat a lot of lobster tail. Yeah. Um, Is that it for a specific reason? So the claw knuckle meat is just so much more tender. It just comes right off. Like these are made with claw knuckle meat. Uh, tail meat, you know, it's a little bit more of a grip, but it's heartier, right? And some people really like that. that heart. Well, we sell a lot of lobster tails, so a lot of people like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still really good. It's just a totally different texture. Yeah. Flavor similar. I'm sure. So, but um, yeah, and we want to do some, you know, land-based uh, proteins. Um, we want to get into plant-based proteins. We want to be able to provide other things. <laughs> you know, like one of our uh, one of our suppliers has a really good seaweed burger. You know that I want to try oh, out wow. this. I want to try out this summer. I've never tried that. Yeah, 100% vegan, and you know, so yeah. So, what would what what's your advice for the young entrepreneur that's just coming up in the game right now? Seven Eleven. Was that? Work at 7 11. And work till 11 p.m.? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 7 11. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, you know, I think about that a lot because, you know, some days I'm like, you know, it's, it's you, an entrepreneur keeps everything to themselves. Um, they don't, they don't, uh, well, I don't celebrate. Um, and I also don't share when, you know, I don't share the failures either. And I, I keep it all in. Yeah. And it's not healthy. Um, the most important thing is to surround yourself with like-minded people um, that are just a little bit above so you can always be learning. And um, that's essential. And I'm lucky in that. I mean, I've, I'm so lucky in that. I've got amazing people that I have their phone number and I can call them. But that hasn't changed me. I'm still very much internalized. You can ask anybody on my team, and they're like, he doesn't tell us anything. I just started to give them more information, and I was uh, just very recently, because I'm like, I have to now. Yeah. You know, we're just getting to that point mm -hmm. where I have to let go of some of these You're things. You're getting too big. You can't, essentially, yeah. you, can't, you can't micromanage. You, you, I can't. You can't do it. Yeah, I remember I called you like four or five months ago, and we got on the phone, and you are like, hey, man, I'm, I'm just running around to pick up buns right now to get out for the lobster rolls. I'm like, D you don't have someone that can do that? So we were at that much capacity, right, where I was the best person to do that. But that I, also, I also liked doing it. <laughs> I for love example, that. Yeah. I like going to Pineland Farms to pick up our beef. Yeah. Because it's driving from here to New Gloucester is like one of the best drives in the state of Maine, in my mind, right? Uh, and you don't see the ocean. Um, but I like going to do the beef pick. I don't do it anymore, right? Yeah. I've been in planning mode for since, you know, uh, late February. I think I heard something there, though, that, that also maybe is an answer to my question, is you take the time to appreciate the small things in life. Yeah, Taking it's that drive. Rather than sitting at your desk just grinding, grinding, grinding all day. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to go out there and, and sit, and I'm sure it's a great think tank for you on their drive. Yeah, an important thing. Yeah. So here's some advice. Um, I don't like to give advice, right? But all I'm gonna do is shared experience. So uh, meditation, right? That's how I'm able to stay calm, right? Even in, you know, we had a guy lose his pinky at work, and I walk in and nobody's around. I'm like, how is there nobody around? We this is the there's only two days left till Christmas. Oh, yeah, Jack, you know, hurt his pinky. Come to find out he lost his finger. And I'm like, all right. You know, and just, all right, what do we do? So that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, meditation, reading, right, whether it be fiction or non. Um, and then I'm lucky in that I have, uh, I'm involved in a group called UNTO, the UNTO Institute. And once a month I get to roundtable with 
other CEOs and get two, three hours of just talking uh, about, I get to present an issue or I get to listen to an issue. You know, either way I get something out of it. That's great. Yeah. So what, what advice would you give this 16 year old you, you know, moving forward? Is there something specific that stands out to you that you would have? Should have stuck with acting. (laughs) 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 I love that. Oh, I guess we know what that means. We're getting kicked out of here, Mark. Even though you live here, I don't know how there's a last call in your own house. He's kicking us out. Yeah, he's <laughs> kicking us out, apparently. Hey, man, before we, uh, before we go, uh, first off, thanks, man. So grateful for everything you do for the show. Lobster rolls, these are all brought to us by Mark. Mark from Maine, Get Maine Lobster. Everyone go to the site, check it out. We have a special code that we'll put right here in the video. Shipyard. Shipyard Brewery. You we guys do have a lot been of amazing. Fun stuff together. They, they have been amazing season one. We got to go to the brewery yesterday, hang out with the whole team. They were, they were incredible, man. Family, like, yeah. like, like, like Mark's business. Yeah. Like Get Maine Lobster, Shipyard, like us, it's all family oriented. That's, that's why we love doing stuff with Shipyard. <clears throat> Is exactly that. Yeah, and we felt it, man. And they, they, they treated us like their own. And uh, so, man, I, I have one, one last question before you before we go. If there, was a, uh, if there was an autobiography written about your life today, what would it be called? Barefoot. Why? <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I feel like I got a couple different meanings of what yeah. that could go to, so I'm interested yeah, to hear I'm, it. My first thought was like Rick Rubin. <laughs> He copied me. Oh, <laughs> Rick. Um, we'll be coming after you. That's going to be a clip. That, that is, uh, that's my mission, is to be barefoot. So if you think about what it takes to be barefoot by choice, that's what I want. I want to be barefoot. I do not want, have, I do not want to wear shoes. Ever. So that's like you're literally speaking barefoot. Does that have any figurative meaning behind well, it too? Think about, oh, yes. think about I, I can think about being able to live a life. How I get that, yeah. Yeah. The, the mental fortitude and stuff. I just yeah. No, okay, not mental. Okay. Fortitude. No, no. It's you. Create, it's fine. You yeah. create the freedom. The freedom. Uh, All right. So yeah. you have to have, you know, enough money, right? Well, actually, no. I mean, I guess you could, you could figure out and live off the land, and, right? But you know, I've kind of gotten accustomed to you know, uh, wanting to go and have a nice dinner. But so you think about the environment that you live in, right? And the community that you're in, right? Mm -hmm. Where they don't care if Mark walks in with shoes or not, you know, or maybe I own the town. I don't know. Um, And it says, hey, we're a no shoes town uh, kind of thing. Who knows? But uh, barefoot to me is ultimate freedom. Yeah. So that's my desire is ultimate freedom. I love that. Hustle till you're barefoot. Hustle till you're barefoot. I like, I that. like that. Yeah. Oh, did we just come up with something there right there? <laughs> there it is. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, thank you, thank you for watching season one of Lobster and Beer. We're already working on the guests for season two. I can't wait for you guys to jump in on that. But make sure you like, subscribe to the channel. Go check out Get Maine Lobster, Shipyard Beer. We love you guys. We're going to go party in Maine right now because this is, we did it. We made it to the end. We'll see you guys season two. Hello, I'm Mark Merle, and you're watching Lobster and Beer TV. Hey guys, I know we got kicked out of the bar. They called last call, but we're back. And I just want to let you know, we appreciate you guys so much. Our fan base means everything to us. So if you can, hit the like button, subscribe right here, and hit us up on Instagram, socials, everything. Lobster and Beer TV, we love you. We will see you on the next episode. Peace!